Hello, hello. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the Bradshaw Report. And if it's not, then hey, welcome back. Uh, my name is Kaylee Bradshaw and I will be your host. Today we have someone who uh, is very near and dear to me. He has been a friend of mine for quite some time. Over this period of knowing each other, we have managed to uh, have our agreements in the realm of politics, but we've also managed to uh, disagree <laughs> on a lot of things. Also, we've kind of seen this transition uh, or the shift of thinking between us, which has been really refreshing to have someone who gives you this bouncing board and this building of checks and balances. Uh, I'm so pleased to welcome him to the show for the first time, but certainly not for the last time, Charlie Sims. You can just take it away whenever you're ready. Uh, my name is Charlie Sims. Uh, I am also uh, born and raised in a small town in Mississippi, not as small as where you're from, but, um, you know, still relatively small, comparatively speaking. I'm from Laurel, uh, in the middle of Jones County. Uh, I am 30 years old, and I am also a gay man who grew up gay in South Mississippi. <laughs> uh, we all know how that works. And I am from a family that is super Republican. My dad's more independent, um, but the older he gets, the more Republican he becomes. Um, and obviously the gay community is probably, I would say, 85, 90% Democratic. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough being someone who's not either one of the two. Um, I know for a while, I was the opposite of you you um you identified with the democrat party and i identified with the republican party um but like i said before um when i whenever i shared the shared the um the intro is one thing that you know people could have learned a lot from you and i is though we had such opposing views we never let that get in the way of our friendship and I really feel like that's what this is going to do or should be doing for people um, that way you know you can voice your opinion on something without someone calling you a name like what what, what was it that I got called on Facebook a gutter queen um, that was it that was it a Jones County gutter queen <laughs> right, right. Um, all because you know I don't necessarily agree with what was going on at the time. Um, not to say that I don't agree with the the calls, but I don't agree with the outcome. So, so it's it's so funny. It's so funny that you say that your family uh, is primarily Republican. Um, I assume that my family votes Democrat. Honestly, politics is not something that we have talked a lot about. Um, or that we talked a lot about in our household. I know that my parents voted for Obama. I know that much. <laughs> but, um, you know, politics is not something that we really talked about 
and uh, in my household. But the thing that's so funny to me is I think my parents, like most Black people, vote Democrat because Democrat always seems to be the party that, um, at least by their lip service by the things that they say caters to African-American people. Um, But also my parents are extremely Christian. They are super Christian. There's like a picture beside them in the dictionary when you search for Christian. Like that that's my family. My mama does not cuss. She don't drink. They don't smoke. She doesn't wear pants. Like she is super by the book. But um even though most of their uh, views are very conservative, they still vote Democrat, to my knowledge. I used to work with a guy um, who came up to me one day at the office and said, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you to change your ways. Um, And then proceeded to tell me and everyone that was everyone that was around us that if he if his son were to cross dress or uh, identify as a female or to be gay that he would try to beat it out of him and I stopped him I said man do you even know what you vote for how can you align yourself with the Democratic Party if you if, have if you feel so strongly right like you're you're i mean literally the only reason you're voting for you know the democrat party which in that in that election was hillary clinton is because it's because the color of your skin and that i'm 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 sorry if i if i if i disagree with that but to me that's the totally wrong reason to be absolutely absolutely but it's like i cannot remember exactly where i saw this from but it was talking about how low the percentage of of, of African Americans who uh, vote Republican. Yet we've had in the past couple of years, we've had what, 11, I think it was 11 Democratic presidents and 10 Republican presidents. The Republican to uh, Democrat presidential ratio is going hand in hand. And it's doing that without the Black vote. You know, and people always say, well, the the Republican Party doesn't do anything for Black people. The Republican Party doesn't do anything for Black people. Number one, that's false. You know, but number two, even if they weren't, you you cater to the people who put you in office. You, you, You take care of the people that you represent. And when these are not the people who are voting for you or or who are putting you in office, their interests will often fall to the back burner, you know? But the thing is, the Republican Party does not need the Black vote to win. But you know who does? The Democratic Party. Or at least for now. At least for now. But um, another conversation that we've been having is the way that Democrats have been with um, really relaxing the immigration requirements, the black vote is going to become obsolete. Right. And you know, to be totally honest, I'm not opposed to 
relaxing on the borders. Um, I know a lot of people would, you know, think, oh, you voted for Trump, so you're 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 a racist and you hate Hispanics." Like that is not the case. <laughs> well, I I raised seven kinds of hell whenever Pico got raided in in uh, in Bay Springs uh, last year because the Hispanic population that got targeted were hardworking citizens or non-citizens for that matter. They were hardworking people who were just doing what they could to provide for their families. And I have no problem with that at all. If you come over here and you get a job and you're living the American dream, more power to you. You deserve to be here just as much as I do. Okay. Strangely enough, we but, have we have varying uh, views on that. But if you're, if, but but again, again, if you're not, if you're coming over here and you're not doing your part, and you're, you know, stealing social security numbers, and you know, if you're, you know, the ones that the Republicans like to highlight that are raping and murdering and pillaging, like, no, like. I'm not even. I don't even want to send you home. I want to send you into the Gulf and like, <laughs> drop a bomb. Just do. Just do away with you completely. Yeah. Just do away with it. There's. There's so much that is supposed to go one way or the other, whether it be you know immigration or um, social security or you know the the food the food stamp programs you know all that stuff you know like i you know you i remember one night you and i had a talk after uh after the um black sheep closed down um we were talking probably out in the parking lot around 2 30 in the morning and i said you know we're not really that different we have very similar views we just have a different mm-hmm. way of i remember that it. i remember that and you know the the in i feel like the quicker people realize that the better off things see are and you be. know i feel like that's part of where we have we've lost this middle ground completely we've lost the ability to give people that we disagree with politically any sort of credibility um anything that comes out of the mouth of a person who is of a different political persuasion it's automatically uh discounted it's automatically crap and even if it does make sense we don't hear it because it's you know coming from a liberal coming from a conservative so just having the ability to say you know we may not be on the same quote unquote team but it's still good for the overall uh for the overall league i'll say you know what i mean like it, it we we may be on uh right. different sides of the aisle but it's still good for the house overall and um i think i think that that's that's part of the problem we've lost we've lost that but we've definitely lost that definitely and it's it, it it's heartbreaking. But what I what I'd like to see more, um, in that okay, I'm not I'm not a fan of open borders, and I say that because of the fact that we have gotten to a place where like our economy is struggling, you know, um, 
we have homeless yes. veterans, not just homeless veterans, because that's also one of those kind of heartstring topics that people tend to use. But we have homeless people here that we cannot take care of, that we can't get situated, that, you know, can't get hired. So the fact that someone can come into this country illegally and not only take the jobs from those homeless people or whatever government assistance that we give from those people, but also the vast amount of immigrants who are coming here legally, I feel like it's a big F you, it's a big middle finger in the face to those who have a respect for the immigration process here in America. You know, and people like to shame, I won't say people like to shame America. Americans like to shame America for our immigration policies. But what country that's worth going to is easy to get into. You can't just run into Canada and hope somebody gives you a job. You know, you can't, Sweden, Switzerland, none of those places you can just skip across the border and say, I'm going to start a new life here. You know, a lot of these places you have to even have a college degree to be able to get in, you know? Um, So it's just, I I feel like we've got this almost this self-hate thing built up about America, which is, which is not systemically and not as a whole who we are well you know you you mentioned you mentioned uh our our homeless population and you know i i'm and i know this is not going to be the case for everyone but you know as you said in the introduction your reality of america is yeah. what you grew up yeah. with and and that, that that's that's my reality of this country as well that's why you know whenever i think of america i think of a beautiful picture i don't think of what i what we see on tv but when i think of the homeless population and this goes back to that same reality i grew up um on not on the streets but in in the streets of downtown laurel as my parents were business owners um i grew up seeing the homeless population of my town walking up and down the streets asking for money um and refusing to work so whenever people tell me that you know uh, uh, a Latin Americans coming in and taking that job in my opinion they're not taking the job they're filling a job that would not be filled by someone because they didn't want to do it um, now again that is not across the board that's just the reality that I have seen um, for instance my dad gave someone um, some money one day because he was homeless and he asked for some money and my dad stood on the corner of his business and watched this man take that $20 that he gave him instead of going to getting something to eat he went into the liquor store so ever since then I don't give people money I'll go buy someone some food 
I okay, as someone money. who has not been homeless and was not homeless in that in uh, in this situation, I'm about to tell you, I've had a time where I have had five dollars to my name, and I had to choose between these places were right. Now. <laughs> these places were right next to each other. I had to choose between going to Little Caesars and get me a five dollar fill up. Or if I was gonna go to the wine, to the liquor store, and indeed I did go to the liquor store and got me a bottle of wine <laughs> for five dollars <laughs> because you know if I was gonna be, if I was drunk I wasn't gonna feel the fact that I was hungry so that was a decision that I went with uh, with that night but I, I I definitely do get where you're uh, where you're coming from and even when when you were talking about um, what was the what was the chicken processing place called. Okay, Pico. so like even like even when that happened, um, I saw. It's a, the, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the reason I have my 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 opinion is so strong on that is because of what I do for a living. I'm a car dealer, and I'm a bad credit, no credit car dealer. So I get to see all these people, especially you know a lot of illegal people that all they have is a tax identification number. They don't have a social security number. They come in and people like to say, well, they're not paying taxes. I see their pay stubs. I know what's going on. I know, I know what they're, what they're paying in and what they're doing with that tax identification number. And, you know, they are now the granted, I, I, I live in Loosedale right now and there's farms down there. And I guarantee you every one of them are paying taxes because they're all getting yeah. paid cash under the table. That's a different situation. They're not, to me, they're not earning their stay. Whereas you and I, we work every day. And when we get our paycheck at the end of the week, there's a few hundred dollars missing out of it. Because we're, we're, we're earning, we're earning our, our, our place. Baby, because that country. Uncle Sam sure gets now, his portion. Let me tell you. Now, I, I will also say that taxation is theft. Um, that is a different, a different topic story. for another day. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there is it's immigration. That's just that's one of those things that's it's it's so much gray area. It's that that's something that's not black and white. And the Republicans and the Democrats both look at it as it's either black or and white. That's, and that's no, a problem. That's no. a problem with everything is we we won't we won't definite. It's it's my way or the highway. You know that that's that's the way it is on both sides of the aisle. And we said that earlier. You know nobody <laughs> nobody wants to cave. Um, I find that even to an extent to be the case with Black Lives Matter here. However. That has just become a whole different beast on its own, you know. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video yet um, or not, but there was a Black Lives Matter protest outside of the Republican National Convention last night. And these people, white guys... Um, and there were there were there were a few black people in the video, but like rushing at this little old white lady who's holding on to her husband as people are like rushing at them, um, getting in their face, cussing them out, f you, giving them the finger, like 
you don't know what that woman stands at all. You don't know what her what her husband stands for. Just because they they are voting the conservative way doesn't mean. So let me tell you, this is one of the many reasons that I have lost respect for Black Lives Matter as an organization. Not the sentiment, and you know what, honestly. I'll even I'll get into that part later. Part of why I have lost respect for Black Lives Matter as an organization is the fact that the organization at this point does not even know what it stands for. They don't know who they're mad at. They don't know why they're mad. All they know is all statues of white people are bad. All white people on the Republican side of the aisle are bad. You know, and all Trump supporters are bad. That's all that's that that is the that's the synopsis of the group in 30 seconds right there um one of the people that was leaving the rnc and got attacked by protesters was Rand paul ironically ironically enough Rand paul is the republican who proposed the uh the brianna taylor bill the one that would um, end the no-knock warrants across America. <laughs> Which is something, Which is that, something needs that needs to happen. needs to happen. You know, and his wife, she was devastated. She said all she could think of is the guy who got kicked in the face in Portland and kicked to death, you know? Um, and she was saying she tried to look into these people's eyes and make some sort of connection and establish some sort of humanity and civility. And she said it, she just could not break past their wall. Um, and finally, the police showed up with bicycles and were able to uh, form some sort of like a moving barricade, basically. But she kept saying, I wish these people could just sit down and talk to us. I wish these people knew, you know, how we felt, like what we thought about the situation. But that's the that's that's the sad thing that has happened with Black Lives Matter is it is hardcore. This is you're with us or you're against us mentality. And you know, um, I'm all for, I'm all for equity and equality you know equity of opportunity equality of opportunity i feel like we should all have the same chances now to all to expect to always have the same outcome is a fool's hunt you know you can never guarantee that we always have the same outcome but everybody should be afforded the same opportunity in situations now well, there, there's always going to be someone that goes just a little harder or goes that, that, that extra step or that extra mile. And you can't blame that on the color of someone's skin. But as Dr. King said, the content of their character. And that's that's something that we, exactly. that we have also managed to drop off. Even when we're judging white people, it's like the, the content of white, the, the, the content of the character of white skin no longer matters because the skin is white so they're automatically they automatically have white privilege they automatically you know have been part of oppression in some sort of way although none of us most of the people who are alive today 
were not a part of that oppression. Granted, um, the civil rights movement was not so long ago. You know, people will try to make it seem like Black people have been treated equally for a long time or Black people have had access to the same opportunities for a long time, and that is not the case. No, now do, don't case. get me wrong. There are play, there are uh, cases of racial inequality and inequity that still very much exist. And to say that those don't exist is foolish on your part. But to 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 boil it all down to police brutality, it's it's bullshit. It's, it's bullshit, you know? Um, and I, I feel like people are so desperate to find someone to blame right now that police are the easiest, the easiest target because that's what's being pushed in the media. Now, how police have become the target for 400 years of slavery, I can't fathom. Right. Um, I would like to see like less than lethal outcomes to these situations, especially especially Absolutely. when lives are not in immediate threats, not in not in like immediate danger. So I've, the biggest thing that I've seen here with Jacob Blake is the fact that he got shot in the back. And people are saying it is absolutely inexcusable to shoot someone in the back. First of all, if you, I feel like if you're saying that, then you know absolutely nothing about guns. Because how easy is it to put a pistol underneath your arm and shoot back at somebody? Especially someone who is literally right behind you. So this takes no, this takes no aim. This takes no preparation is literally put the gun back and shoot and you have at least a 90% chance of hitting them when they are directly behind you you know um, and if you don't hit them there's no telling who you will hit you know and how many rounds can you fire off in a matter of 30 seconds at least 7 because we know that's the amount that the officer fired into Jacob Blake you know in a matter of probably 15 seconds so the thing is, my right. biggest my biggest problem is this. Now, feel how you want to feel about police brutality and even police brutality towards Black people specifically. But my biggest problem is the media and how the media always leaves out very important pieces of, it, of information, how they've strategically leave out these these pieces of information and this video now we saw the video from uh of jacob blake from the time that he's just walking to the walking around the the vehicle and um being shot by the police officer have you seen the video leading up to that point okay Uh interestingly enough so there is also probably about another mm, 15 20 second video of them physically wrestling with Jacob Blake 
um, trying to detain him from what I without, without using, using lethal, lethal force. force. So, and also from what I've read, I'll have to find the source on that. Also, from what I've read, the officers um, attempted to tase him twice without any success. And then they followed him after trying to tase him, after trying to wrestle him down. And then after following him all the way over to the other side of the vehicle, they literally did not shoot him until he opened the door and reached into the vehicle. This is not somebody who just wanted to kill a black man. If they just wanted to kill him, they would have done so while they were wrestling him because even then they could have said that it was justified because he was resisting arrest. This is not a case of him just resisting arrest. This is the this is how I look at it. When you have somebody who has already physically wrestled with you, not even let me not even start there. Let me go back a little farther another thing that we have heard from the media or at least through a lot of media sources is that he was there trying to break up a fight between two women that's what i heard initially that is also not true did you know that or no no I didn't. okay so here's the kicker this is the real gag this is the goop gag <laughs> so the real gag of the matter is the fact that um the police were called to that scene specifically for Jacob Blake. Um, the same woman who he had sexually assaulted, I think in July, called the police and told them that Jacob Blake was not supposed to be there and that he had her keys and were refusing to give them back. This is something that I've read, but this is also something that I heard because I listened to the um, the dispatch call. Those are always nice and handy. Um, and then they also called in a, a 1099, which is, I think it's a 1099, 1099 or a 1091. Either or, it's basically, it's, it's their code for someone who has a warrant. So at this point they know they're looking for Jacob Blake specifically. They know that he has a warrant and they very possibly know that this warrant was for um, domestic violence and for sexual assault. They know the type of person that they're dealing with. So this now they, they know this person, they know his uh, character. They've wrestled with him, they've tased him. They followed him around the vehicle and they have still not shot this man until he reached into the vehicle to possibly grab a weapon. So right. I'm like, you know, there, there are a lot of cases where you can say, mm, maybe that was unjust or maybe that was out of hand or, you know, I've, I have seen cases where people are running away from police officers, like running down the street from the police officers and get shot in the back. I think that is absolutely trash. That is disgusting. That should never happen. Someone running away from you is not a threat. Feeling the need to uh, arrest someone or stop someone from running away that should not result in somebody's life ending. However, that is not the case 
with Jacob Blake. In my in my most no. humble opinion. No, because I, you know, I've got I've got my computer on silent over here, and I'm I just looked up I just looked up the video that you're that you're talking about, and you're right. I mean, they they tried everything they could, and that cop literally had his weapon drawn on Jacob Blake on his back as he continued to open the door to his vehicle and reach in. And it, it is it is the last possible moment. The last possible moment. And the thing is, everyone around him is basically like pleading for him to stop. Like, stop, stop. Because they know what's about to happen. No matter if you no matter if you feel like he's about to get shot because police are just out here shooting black people or if you feel like he's about to get shot because you know he's in the wrong either way you see what you see what is about to happen and you're trying to keep it from happening not only are you putting your life in danger but you the cops may not know that your children are in the car which the news likes to tell us while his children were in the car because that's one of those really soft and heartstring moments but the windows are tinted. The police probably have no idea that these children are in the car. You know, but you know who does know there are children in the car? Jacob Blake. Why, if you don't have enough sense and enough respect to try and make sure that you don't get shot in this process, why do you not at least care enough about your children to say, maybe I should surrender and not let this lead to a gunfight or any sort of firing of a weapon that could possibly even a stray bullet hit my children. Right. And see, so I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna change gears real quick. And this happened this happened locally. This is something that the day that I saw this, I sat in my office and cried. And this and this this wraps into Black Lives Matter, and this is where a lot of people have just had enough. You know, we all have been have have been or were being very supportive, or not all of us, most of us. Uh, I've seen um, Republicans come out of the woodwork in support of you know Black Lives Matter um, months ago, but <clears throat> there were two children black children shot in a drive-by shooting in Laurel. It doesn't matter because it wasn't the trigger was not pulled by a white guy or a cop. Call it black on black crime. Call it whatever you want. I don't give a shit what color you are. Those were babies. They were innocent. And they got shot because someone's reckless decision to get pissed off and go pull a gun on 12th Street and start shooting up a neighborhood. And that's just a small town Mississippi. You know, right. we, we don't we don't even talk. I'm not even going to. Yes, I am. I'm not even going to bring up statistics about Chicago because that's one of those subjects that apparently you're not allowed to talk about. However, everybody knows the, the crime rate in Chicago and that sorry ass fucking mayor decides to say 
<laughs> she said um, that the reason the crime rate has gone on has gone up is because of the guns that are illegally coming in from Mississippi. I said, Lori Littlefoot, Lori Lightfoot, whatever her name is. Girl, how dare you? How dare you? First of all, crime in Chicago for a long time has been an issue, but it has gone up substantially under under her administration. And just like her, this is the problem that I'm seeing more and more and more in America. There is no sense of accountability at some point you have got to take accountability for your actions and say look we have created a mess we have made a mess we have a mess going on and instead of looking for someone to blame for the mess at hand you need to say how do we fix it who caused it is really irrelevant it's really irrelevant as to who caused it and how it got there. Because let's say you do figure out who you can blame for it. The problem is still there. The problem is still the person that, is that it. the trigger. The problem is still the person. It's not where the gun came from. Guns, so correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Chicago is supposed to be a gun They have zone, some of correct? the strictest um, gun control laws in the country. But yet they have one of the highest, if not the highest, uh, murder rates and and uh, gun crime rates in the country. And that's the fault of the gun or where the gun came from. No, it's the fault of the people that are doing the crime. It's I will criminal. say I have never seen an angry gun running down the street. <laughs> I mean, if, if you do, you know, I need you to uh, mail me whatever you're on, baby, because I've some of that. <laughs> That's some good shit right there. And followed by that will be the Kool-Aid man busting through the wall. I mean, but 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 seriously, right. though, you know, we, we've got to take a, take accountability uh, for, our, for our actions, no matter if that's the action of criminals in Chicago or no matter if that's the action of Jacob Blake because regardless of how you no matter how you boil the bones it all comes down to the fact that he made a series of bad choices that led him to that situation and no matter no matter if you take out every bad choice take out the sexual assault take out the domestic uh, abuse and if you only go back to the things that happened that day, that was still a series of very bad choices that put somebody in a situation where they had to say, it's going to be your life or mine. Granted, getting shot and risking your life is part of the job. I get it. I know it is part of the job. However, these are the same people who put on that uniform every single day, knowing that they may not come home to their families, to their cats, their dogs, you know, whoever they leave at home. 
they may, they they know they may not come home. No matter if it's from um, a high speed chase, a bank robbery, or a simple traffic stop gone wrong. You know, right. and let let me let me preface this by saying I'm not one of those just comply type of girls. I'm not one of those people at all. Because although I have great respect for police officers, I also acknowledge the fact that police are A, public servants, and B, sometimes they get too much of an attitude and they feel like they're above the law. Sometimes police need to be checked. Sometimes they need to uh, to be reminded that, that they are not the law, but it's their job to enforce the law. Um, so the feeling of police being held accountable and responsible when they are at fault can mutually exist while still having respect for the people who put on a uniform every day knowing that they may lose their lives in the process and you know I, 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 want, I do want to make this clear as if people can't realize the difference of the two what happened to Jacob Blake versus what happened to George Floyd are two completely, completely different, things. different things. Completely different things. You know, I am still outraged over the George the George okay. Floyd case because it should not have happened. People are so quick to say, and my, my own family has said this, well, he was a crackhead. I don't give a damn. Like, if he wanted to be, you know, high as a kite 24-7, that's his own prerogative. And if that's what killed him, then it's survival of the fittest. But that's not what killed him. What killed him was 8 minutes and 46 seconds of being on the ground with a, with a knee in his neck. So, this is, this is the thing that infuriates me the most about that case. Is the fact that as soon as you bring up police brutality and dispute the fact that it's not that police brutality is a problem over overall and not just a racial issue it becomes well do you see the amount of black people did you see this video did you see that video did you see this video i'm like yeah because you don't have you don't have people white people getting hurt or killed or shot at by cops does not it does stories. not tell stories and it does not make the news let me tell you there was a guy here in Texas I think it was either Dallas or Fort Worth don't quote me on the specific place but it was here in Texas his name is Tony Tampa he died in the exact same manner or from the exact same hold as George Floyd from being in that position and have been kneeled on for an extended period of time, which caused him not to be able to breathe. But what happened? It didn't make the news. It didn't cause national uproar. If Tony Tampa's death had gotten the appropriate amount of coverage and the same reaction, then the same way that people put... Um, laws against the hold that killed George George Floyd those laws could have already been in place and George Floyd could very well be alive today 
Agreed. But when you only make it, you know, and then the thing about it, I said this to you before. Um, my Twitter is mostly uh, conservatives. The day that the story broke about George Floyd, people were so upset. People were just like in awe. They were shocked that something like that could happen to somebody. Um, and I was, I was shocked. Number one, I was shocked by the incident, but two, I was um, shocked in like the outpouring of support for a black man killed by police officers from conservatives because this whole world of conservatives is very new to me. And um, although I've known conservatives personally who have treated me no, you know, not no differently than they treat anybody else this world of social media and this world of cnn and news and everything else has given me this impression of conservatives that i've always known is not always an accurate depiction you know granted there's fringe in every group but um i was just really shocked at the amount of conservatives who were just upset that this happened to anyone not just because he was a black man but they were upset that this happened to anyone and then within days we saw it turn from protest to riots to looting and burning and then I saw the entire narrative change before my eyes and that that for me was the beginning of my disdain for the Black Lives Matter movement because I feel like it ruined this moment where I personally saw for the first time um, people be united over the death of a Black man by a police officer because there's usually footage of him resisting or fighting or whatever the case may be that people can immediately dismiss Um, and say it should have happened or he should have done this differently he should have done that differently but from that eight plus minutes of footage people watch and had nothing negative to say about that incident no everybody was mad at the police officers and the paramedics that were there and nobody did anything to try and save that man you cannot sit here and tell me that you take an oath to protect and serve if you're not going to step up and do something about a bad cop okay on a slightly different on a slightly different side of that same stone (laughs) i'm gonna get so much hate for this i know i am i feel it in my bones already but (laughs) Okay, on that same token, and if you disagree, you can tell me. Um, Even looking at that case, the things that were highlighted is the fact that he was so scared for his life at that moment with the officer's knee on his neck that he was calling out for his mama and that he was saying that he couldn't breathe. But literally from the moment that the police um, apprehended George Floyd he struggled 
like from a like a literal struggle they couldn't get him into the car they couldn't hardly get handcuffs on him they struggled with him for a good 10 minutes at least just trying to get him to calm down and there was one officer who i don't know exactly which officer it was because i don't know which officer's body cam footage we were looking at but that officer like kept saying like man calm down like calm down dude like really trying to like level with him and talk to him and be like look just calm down like you're gonna be okay we're gonna work through it you know um and uh once they got him in the police car or got him partially in the police car like he wouldn't put his feet in and at that point they finally drug him out of the vehicle and put him in that restraint also he was already screaming for his mama and saying that he couldn't breathe and saying that he was claustrophobic and all that kind of stuff before he was even on the pavement so um i mean granted again it's a terrible hold I think, and that's something that we saw from the Tony Tampa case and probably many other people who have probably died this way from that sort of hold, which restricts the ability to breathe properly. But um, it's also kind of one of those things with the media where you don't get the whole story. And like, I just wonder if people would be as upset if all of that was shown immediately. Now, granted, I don't know if you can release certain things during an investigation or, you know, if it, can, if it can't be released until after a certain time or what the case may be. However, I do wonder if people had seen 10 minutes of struggle and then 10 minutes of restraint. Right. Especially being that, you know, the same thing happened to that uh, Tony Tampa. That's that's not a race issue. <laughs> now, uh, I want to say I have actually watched the video of Tony Tampa. Um, and much like the George Floyd case, and just this is just based off of, of, you know, random articles. I'm not sure if this is actually fact or not, but... I want to say if this Tony Tampa video is the one that I have seen is he was either either (laughs) drunk or he was high. He was high. He was very high. Right. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, a, a lot of people have said that so was George Floyd. People will use that as leverage to say, well, he doesn't matter. Um, how are you going to tell me that that yeah, dude's life yeah, doesn't absolutely. matter if you get absolutely. home and you get drunk? And, and I think it's, it's so easy. It's so easy to discount people when it's not you or it's not your family or it's not your friend or it's not someone you know. One of the things that aggravates me the most when these, like when this issue or when issues like this are brought up are people who are like, well, he had this warrant or he uh, did this or he had been to jail for this. Most of the time, most of the time, police have no idea who, who they are apprehending. So this person's past has no relevance to the situation at hand. 
none whatsoever and the only reason that i bring up um jacob blake's warrants is the fact that they were specifically called out during the dispatch or at least the fact that he had warrants was specifically called out in the dispatch but um even before even before i realized that i i did not bring up anything about jacob's past because i feel like whatever happened in the past is not important but your behaviors in that moment are important would 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 the opinions be the same would the opinions be the same you know and um probably not that's one of those that's very much one of those facts over feelings things because i know if i have to charlie if we go out and you get drunk and I have to fight with you to not drive or something. I'm going to wrestle with your ass. And once I get you down, I'm not letting you go until I feel like you have calmed the fuck down. You know? And, like, part of me honestly feels like these officers were at a place where they felt like they finally had a hold of the situation and where they finally got him calmed down like the restraint itself is a problem because it's that's not the first time that it's resulted in death but um that also says that it's clearly not a race issue All right, y'all. So this has been part 1 of conversations with Charlie on the Bradshaw report. Stay tuned for part two. If you guys feel like this is a podcast that's going to be a home for you, if you can relate to the conversations that we're having, please uh, like, share, subscribe. Feel free to leave a voice message with any questions, comments, concerns, or even hot topics or people that you'd like to see interviewed or hear interviewed in following podcasts. Remember, Guys, it costs absolutely nothing to be kind. Again, my name is Kaylee Bradshaw, and this is The Bradshaw Report.